people at this very bar will remember when the Heist Casino was a half-rate pit stop on the way to the real gambling dens on the coast. But that was back when we had a coast. Ask any of them and they'll ramble on about how prepared and sustainable everyone was. Until a tide came in and swept away their best laid plans. Now the Heights Casino's saving grace was the hill it was built on. That's it. The only thing to do here is for the old fogies to sit on barstools and make bets on the young bastards who dredge for treasure while the tide is out. Does that sound sustainable to you? Welcome to Spindle Wheel Saturdays. I'm Sasha Renell, your host and game designer. I use they, them. And today I'll be running Spindle Wheel, a tarot-like storytelling game where you use cards as anchors to weave together a story with your friends. You can find me on Twitter at Sasha underscore Renault, and follow Spindle Wheel's development at TCabbage. We are currently in open beta, so if you like what you see and you want to learn more, uh, you can print and play the entire thing for free at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel dash open beta. Joining me t- today are Jen. Hi, I'm Jen. You can find me on Twitter at Street Over Jen. And Elle. Hi, I'm Elle. I use these are pronouns, and you can find me at Occasional L on Twitter, and you can find this entire month on Twitter at Nonbinary TTRPGM. So those are those things. The objective of Spindle Wheel is to tell a satisfying story. Your character might win wealth and respect and come away from the adventure a better person. They might crash and burn and end the story as a warning to others. Both of these are victories if they fit the arc of the story you've told and bring satisfaction to you as a storyteller. Our agenda today is to listen to your friends and be generous with your questions, take rewards hard-earned and wounds well-deserved, build on what came before, and leave room for mysteries to unfold, use the spirit, if not the letter, of the cards to justify your actions, to borrow a phrase from Sonia and Natasha, use small, hard details like rock candy, and in the words of Miss Frizzle, take chances, make mistakes, get messy. So, to start, we are going to build a a world together. Um, so I've laid out a bunch of cards here. Um, I'm going to flip these and zoom in and sort of read through them. Um, these five facets make up our world. The center vertical card is the center. This is the dominant driving force in the area. It could be the ruler, the local culture, a uh, feature of the landscape. For example, a king, a theater troupe, a swamp. Ooh. Ooh. Um, ours today is fortuity, a chance encounter, a lucky ticket, a second chance. I'm just going to go through all of them, and then we can d- figure out what all these mean. The horizontal card lends context to the center, and we can pull <laughs> details from either or both sides. Our, I can't believe we got two fortunes. Right? Incredible. <laughs> um, oh. So the other one is fortune, rotten luck, a persistent rumor, a nagging instinct, or abundant harvest, a missed opportunity, a hesitation. Bane and Boone help establish backstory. Boone is what helps the center, and Bane is what works against it. Our boon is bad blood, to drink from the same poisoned cup as your enemy. And our bane is bridge, a choke point, a shortcut, rope and wood haphazardly lashed. Desire is what the center wants, and method is how, how it intends to get it. So the desire is the final rose, the last bloom of the season, a tribute, an invitation. And our method is siren, a strangled uh-huh. scream, a klaxon wailing in the fog, a message scrawled in blood. Oh, this game's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we are. 
Well, I mean, oh, every, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Message called and flood. It's cool. It's cool. Totally chill. So these describe the world that we're part of. Mm-hmm. So together, we're going to interpret the board as a place where the center is the dominant force in the area. We'll build a vibrant world with clear hooks, places to go, people to talk to, mysteries to solve. A card can be a person or an event. It can be an attitude or a physical object. Pull as much or as little from the card as you need. All the cards in the spread lend context to each other. Start with a card that interests you most and extrapolate from there. We can flip the cards if we need to. So what does a society that's obsessed with luck look like? <laughs> For whom the thing that helps them is to drink from the same poison cup as your enemy. Right? What? Hmm. I keep seeing, like, almost like a casino floor, you know? Ooh, yeah. yeah. But, like, writ large. The bad blood combined with all of the fortune cards makes me think of, like, kind of a predeterministic society that, like, good or bad enemies or allies, you all sort of leave things up to chance. <laughs> like, you, you drink from the same poison cup and, like, whichever of you is meant to come out of it alive will come out of it alive. Mm, definitely. I think maybe the bridge is, like, a, a small group of people who are, like, growing in number who have stopped leaving it up to chance. They're, like, they're cheaters, mm. right? They're it, ooh, rigging the machines. Oh, that's good. Like they might drink from the cup, but they've already taken the antidote or something. Mm-hmm. The final rose is that one big score. <laughs> the method being a message scrawled in blood is this scaring off everyone else so that they can take the last prize for their own, or is it like? A klaxon wailing in the fog that pulls them through whatever disaster they have to get through in order to get the final rose. Mm. Sirens always messing me up. I don't. <laughs> in our last game, that uh, those teeth. Yeah, I mean it's like people looking at a car crash, sort of. Yeah, like pulling people in to watch this disaster? Question mark. Like, maybe it's very cutthroat, but in this, like, very fatalistic way where, like, everyone's in it. I'm into that. So that's the world we're in. And now we will read the world's fates. Picture these as a glimpse into the history of the world. The first card is Clotho. This is the catalyst that led to the current state of the world, which is Moon, a solar eclipse, a complete and rapid transformation. So maybe this place didn't always run on luck. Maybe that's... Yeah. Yeah. Like Maybe a it, like, sudden influx of money or vice versa? Or it changed hands? Mm. Or like, the world is about to end and so everyone's just uh, going out with a bang. Yeah, I mean, all of that, right? Like, um, <laughs> on sort of a, a micro and macro, I, I like the image of this weird casino at the end of the world whose like, previous owners have, have up and left because it's the apocalypse and they're gonna go, like, but, that bucket list thing walk into the ocean but, but this like rumor has gone around of this one thing that's gonna save people or like save the one person who finds it and so everyone's competing to like win or find this final rose oh that's rad i like that lachesis the current state of affairs spinster an affable hermit a professor lost in thought i guess there's not a whole lot of like collaboration happening I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's weird because this, all right, so the other side of this 
is a recluse, obscured by obligation, rootless and efficient. And if we wanted to do like sort of like a survivalist, everyone's gone to their se- separate bunker thing, then we w- we would do that. But I'm kind of intrigued by the like benign mm-hmm. nature of this upright. Yeah, the professor lost in thought makes me think of somebody who like knows a lot of theory about this. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of person who's written a bunch of papers about a thing but hasn't, like, actually experienced it. Mm, There's so much written about the end of the world and now we're, like, getting to test our theories. Mm-hmm. The Atropos. The common held belief of what's to come. Goose down. Cool. A soft place to land. A whisper just above silence. I just got chills. <laughs> <sighs> that seems like it bodes well. Yeah, right? Like, we will go quietly into that good night. Thank you. <laughs> We're gonna lie down on this very soft bed. <laughs> gonna turn off all the lights, one by one, and then we're gonna lock up and go home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, this stage is pairing desire with an event. The desire card is a card that you'll earn over the course of the game by queuing events. Events are scenes described by the event's name. For example, a conversation, a cataclysm, a gift. In this step, you'll pair your desire card with the event that best aligns with your method card's plan. When the event paired with your desire is queued during the game, you'll get the opportunity to narratively earn your desire card by playing cards from your hand on that scene. So, to set this up, uh, we'll answer the following question. Considering your method, which is Siren, what event will you play through to get your desire? Put that card on top of one of these stacks. So... The events are on the left-hand side of the screen. Um, and I'll read them out. There's an invitation, a wager, a challenge, a revelation, a conversation, an ultimatum, a trial, a duel, a cataclysm, a gift, a vision, a sabotage. So we sort of landed on for the method, the klaxon wheeling in the fog of like trying to get through the disaster to get to the final rose. So it could be a trial or a challenge. Or a wager, maybe? So this is what the center's desire is? Mm. So this is for the world. Yeah, I think a trial seems appropriate. Or a wager. Yeah. A wager really feeds into, like, all the luck stuff we have going on. Mm. All right. So to go back to the Atropos for a second. Um, The world's Atropos is merely a prediction, a feeling in the air, a general vibe of what the future holds. It is not certain by any means. Uh, We'll find out at the end if it came true. So I'm going to put this to the side and collect all of these. And these will be the GM's hand, which is my hand. You can absolutely play this GM-less, but I wanted to have a little bit of control for the the first game just out of my own neuroses. So if you scroll down, there are two character sheets um, that have cards face down. Pick one and then flip them. And then uh, you're going to do the same reading that we did for the world, but for a character. So the center is the self, and then the boon and bane establish your backstory, and desire is like your personal desire, and the method is how you do it. I'll take the one on the left so that they're in the order of the videos. Okay, I'll take the one on the right and I will put my name on it. Perfect. Oh, mother of monsters, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Old friend. Old friend. Plague, too. Ah, what a great hand. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Oh, man, vultures. (laughs) Unbroken mold. Hmm. Crossed by the cast. So you can flip these cards if you need to, but when you're ready, interpret the spread and describe your character to the group. 
So these are the these are the same as the world layout mm-hmm. in terms of what they each mean. Yep. The trickster is my boon, so that bodes well. <laughs> and you said we should flip these if we want. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not a good person. <laughs> oh dear. I think I'm I'm definitely one of these cheaters. I think that I might be trying to do this right because Vultures is long suffering and just like taking the long path. And Bane is magician, which definitely seems like a cheater. <laughs> and I have some sort of magic or scientific means of doing this, uh, get, getting past um, the rules. Not sure what it is. Well, and I think I murder people, maybe. Because <laughs> I have plague as my method. Mm-hmm. And I want to. Um, got a lot of poison metaphors happening here. Uh, sharing the poison cup with my enemy. Yeah. Um, I think the oracle card here seems to like imply that my character kind of knows what's going to happen, but is still plodding along like the same path and not altering it. Like knowing mm. what's going to happen and going along with it. Especially with like my boon being heat wave, like a thermal updraft, a warm embrace, like a positive spin on things. Hmm. Maybe this time it'll work. <laughs> Maybe. My question is what, like, what exactly is the nature of this game that we're all playing? Because I am playing to win, cheating my way up there through poison somehow. I can ask the duck. Yeah. Uh, Fountain, industrial fall-off, leaching ruin, the venom in a serpent's corpse, or <laughs> spring water trickling down rocks, tide pools teeming with life. I kind of love the venom in a serpent's corpse here. Hmm. Like keeping with the poison yeah. metaphors. Who knew? I also kind of want to like keep with the sort of opulent sense that we had with this. Yeah. This I, okay. I think. I think the game is a harvesting kind of game. I think it's it's literal like tide pools, right? That when when the water goes out, you can go down into and harvest these like just wealth beyond your imagination. And maybe maybe that's because we're we're in this like steady apocalypse it feels like everything mm-hmm. going very badly that maybe it's like the ocean levels have risen to such a point that a bunch of wealthy cities are underwater. Mm-hmm. And and so the tide is bringing in that wealth to the tide pools. Bringing with it the venom in a in a serpent's corpse, right? Like literal yeah. industrial fall off. <laughs> the sea level is rising and everyone's like getting onto higher land and we're all just like furiously gathering wealth as if it means anything. <laughs> yeah. Is it as physical a thing as it sounds? Like uh can you rephrase the the question? Like is it this actual like going out and sifting for gold? I I think that's that's interesting sort of juxtaposed with the idea of lavishness. Yeah. I think that because of the card that's like to drink from the same poison cup, I think mm-hmm. that the process of going and finding this stuff is dangerous, but mm-hmm. also touching this stuff is really dangerous as well. And there is a chance the gunk on it is poisonous and will kill you. <laughs> um, and that goes the same to the person who is uh, acquiring the stuff as it is the person who's buying it from the acquirer, you know? Mm. That's what I think. 
gets passed along down the supply chain. So I'm going to take that. And we have just done a mechanic, which is ask a question, which I will skip to. Asking a question is a free action. You can ask anyone at any time about anything. They don't have to play a card to answer, but if no one knows, they can draw forward from the deck. Once they've interpreted it, the card goes to the GM. So now, I, w- I want to know more about your characters. I want to want to hear more so, about that stuff. So I'm kind of imagining that there's a lot of fanfare around this. Like, not necessarily everyone goes out and does this gathering, but the people who do, like, do it in immense style. And, like, it's maybe televised or watched in some way. And if that uh, makes sense to you, I'm I'm still on the, like, juxtaposition of, like, this physical activity and this um and the idea of luxury and casino uh aesthetic oh yeah i'm way into that definitely yeah. like uh streaming scavengers completely my thing so uh so i think mine is sort of a very flashy one of these celebrity gatherers what is the name random word generator <laughs> you can also Pull words from the cards. Do I just click this deck? Mm-hmm. Or pull them from the cards I have already? Oh, uh, yes. either is fine. Hey, Elle. Yes. Tell me about the heavy crown. Yeah, uh, let me read this again. Yeah, I like the power of leadership outweighed by the burden of responsibility side of this. That, like, this person feels like they have to go along, like, the slow, not cheating path. Hmm. And, like, be an example even if that means like terrible things happen we mentioned earlier that the uh the casino was trading hands do you think you're the new ownership oh yeah like this is the way that things should be i'm establishing these rules and also my center card has uh is vultures the shadows of undertakers and if people are dying that's a thing (laughs) So you, you mentioned this like steady as she goes kind of attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that being like your desire being glacial drift, slowly carving canyons? The fact that that's your desire and your method is the wild-eyed prophet is mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah, it's like seeing into the future to when things have changed and knowing that change takes a long time and working very, very slowly at it. Mm playing the long game (laughs) so jen tell me about uh chasm and unbroken mold so chasm is i mostly just connected to the bridge from the world spread but because i guess uh unbroken mold is definitely like the means by which i cheat Hmm. maybe chasm can tell me what that is (laughs) see that's a long drop or a dry well, a winding corridor, a gasp for breath. Well, industrial might maybe the method of spelunking or, or, yeah. or getting the stuff is, has been standardized to some extent. Yeah, like I'm imagining someone like they're digging through dried out tide pools for this. I, I'm imagining someone really diving into earth. I don't know if that's like I I have something that lets me move through whatever substrate we're usually finding this uh, gold in. Oh, that's cool. So you you don't have to wait for the the water to to, to go out. You can just go do it. Yeah, but then poison has to be involved in this. How does industrial runoff figure into this? 
<laughs> Probably a great deal. Because it's got to be sabotaging other people instead of getting a leg up, right? <laughs> well, probably the substrate is, like, really toxic. Mm-hmm. Probably part of the reason that the stuff is so tainted. I think I can make, I can, like, destabilize the ground underneath other players and oh. um, in some way that allows this, like, poisonous water to rush in. That, like, ties into chasm, a sinkhole. Yeah, and like maybe they don't, maybe it doesn't kill them immediately, but that's a slow death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I gasp for breath. <laughs> so now let's pair your desire with an event. So, given your method, what event will you play through to get your desire? I think a trial or a vision works best for me. A trial is more like going through the gauntlet the way you're supposed to and a vision is more leading into like that knowing what's going to happen and doing it anyway i'm definitely a sabotage (laughs) yeah i feel like a vision matches the oracle really really nicely yeah and you definitely can both be on the same event so during the game you'll have the opportunity to win those also my character's name is volatile good i'm trying to come up with a good like carry and eating bird name that's not vulture which one is the no it's just a bearded vulture never mind the one that eats bones what else are carrying birds aren't ravens carrying birds yeah like corbidae family but not blue jays i don't think they're also part of blue jays are just vicious creatures (laughs) yeah so while you're thinking of that let's draw fates for volatile all right so picture these as a snapshot of your character before the story starts Clotho is how you begin, which is which? A sharp tongue, a cruel sense of humor, a bottomless bag of tricks. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> so you've always been like this. Yep. Good. Lachesis is your current fortune. <laughs> Lots of luck. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I definitely beat the last sort of audience darling. Fantastic. A shift in spotlight, then. Yeah. Very good. Atropos, how you will end. This is the last card that you'll play in the game. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's magic beans, a misdirection, a dream sold, getting the golden goose. So your character's Atropos may seem like a glimpse of what will befall them at the end of the game, but in practice, it won't be a passive fact that happens to your character. Playing your Atropos is your swan song, your final move. It's the card you'll play to end your story, and you'll decide what it means. It's important, then, that you don't play it by accident. Keep your Atropos card on the table in front of you until you're ready to play it. So these two cards go into your hand, as do the rest of these. Um, and Magic Beans stays on the table. Ooh, Albatross. Good name. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Let's draw your face. So. Like I didn't have to read the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> your Clotho is Alpha, head of the household, leader of the pack, fierce protector of kith and kin. Yeah, that definitely feeds into being, like, the new person who's running this whole deal, like, leader of the pack. Yeah. Lachesis, your current fortune. Blizzard, a cutting white cold in the wind, snow smothering the world in quiet. Yeah, that also kind of feeds into the glacier. Mmm. Snow stuff going on. Definitely. Interesting. Your Atropos, how you will end. <laughs> Phoenix wine. Alchemist's fire in a crystal decanter, a wrath portioned and contained. Oh, God. Poison, wine, 
poison. <laughs> it's the poison game. <laughs> so these go into your hand, and this stays on the table. Um, your hand is your character sheet. You'll draw into it to describe how you feel or change, and play from it to describe what you do or say. A card does not have to keep the meaning it had when you first got it. Play your cards in any direction you like. And let's do entanglements. The player characters' lives are tied to each other by partnerships, debts, responsibilities, or pure dumb luck. To make an entanglement with another player, declare who you want to have a tie with. Each of you, play a card from your hand that describes what binds you to them. For example, this is what I need from you, this is what you want from me, this is why we can't avoid each other. Exchange these cards into each other's hands. I think that from my hand, Alpha, the like leader of the pack and fierce protector is kind of like why we can't avoid each other because even if you're cheating, you're still technically part of my pack. Like yeah, the people I'm your, who I'm, lead, I'm your, leading. I'm your star player. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> sure How wish I, I could, but I can't. <laughs> Here you go. Luck. A shifted spotlight. Mm. All right. So... Now that we know who and where we are, we'll introduce our characters uh, and the game's main mechanics. So first, uh, draw a card into your hand to reflect on something that weighs heavy on your character's heart or mind. Take a card from the deck and then tell us about it. Oh, God. I got wildfire, air scarlet with smoke, rivers molten and glowing. That's a little worrying. Yeah, it's worrying. I got doctor, a tender heart, a steady hand, a strong stomach, or an authoritative voice, a curious mind, an unscrupulous scalpel. Hmm. Yeah, my reverse is clearing the underbrush maintenance to prevent consuming calamity. Can you read again what this represents? What? Sure. This is something that weighs heavy on your character's heart or mind. I think it's clearing the underbrush. I think it's like that albatross knows that not everybody is going to survive this and this is like culling those who can't like clearing away the access and that will make things easier for the people who do survive rounds of layoffs <laughs> right, take that into your hand volatile you have a lot of like poisoning people themes <laughs> that it seems like a, a doctor would work against an unscrupulous scalpel though hmm. true Maybe maybe my um, poison supplier is, <laughs> well, the poison is the runoff. Hmm. You can have your own unique I think horrible. my, yeah, my, like, essentially my, my tech, the person who's, like, maintains and supplied my industrial magic is now blackmailing me. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to draw up for the NPC you just introduced. Oh, hell yeah. So I've drawn... Two cards crossed. A priestess, a calming presence, a reality grounded, a divine purpose. Pressed by guillotine. A breath held, an axe suspended, a frayed rope pulled taut, or a system dismantled, a ruling class deposed, a worm rooted out. Ooh. Oh, this is completely a worm rooted out. Um, I think that your tech person, who up to this point has been like a rock, just a more reliable than the tides themselves. Um, mm has, for some reason, what's the word, put all this evidence together and, like, has it over your head as, like, a worm rooted out, like, listen, I can't do this anymore. Oh, they got a conscience. (laughs) Oh. I see how it is. (laughs) I start poisoning people and suddenly it's not okay to kill people. (laughs) 
What exactly did you think you were making me? Because a murder is immoral. <laughs> well, there's been a, a storm. There was a storm recently and the waves got really, really high and a part of the coast just caved in. And I'm playing as the Arbiter. Uh, I'm playing Moon, a solar eclipse of complete and rapid transformation. Actually, I'm going to do this the other way, which is a harvest moon, dark machinations illuminated. Um, So I think what happened was that the tunnels that you usually use to get to the good stuff were revealed in the storm. And one of your machines has been taken. Your your engineer is doing this out of self-preservation, because if they can point all the information at you, then they might, might be able to get out mm. under the radar. I think this all also happened to part of the casino, which we should name. It took out a betting pool, um, because you have two methods of wealth, right? You've got the actual acquiring, and you've also got the betting pool about which of these tide pools is going to be most fruitful, right? Mm-hmm. Or even, like, which of these hunters, these these scavengers, uh, will come back with the most. Um, and finding this machine has sort of soured those tables somewhat. So, the second step is, engage the world by playing a card to describe how you enter the story. The camera pans down on your character. What are they doing? Uh, real quick, I have a name to propose for the casino. Yes. I think it should be called The Heights. I love it. Heights Casino. That's okay with Albatross. Yeah. So... When you are ready, play a card to tell us what your character's doing. I just need to figure out the right card. Hmm. I'm going to name this this technician Montressor. Yeah, I'm going to play. Should I be playing things onto my board or? Uh, just onto the, onto the main board. Okay, cool. I am playing Alpha. Stay defender of the homeland or maybe enemy to. No, Defender of the Homeland, because I'm entering this by giving a press conference about how important it is to, like, follow the rules and that it just, like, it really undermines the sport to use these kind of machines. Excellent. I'm going to play Heat Wave, because part of that is dead air, oppressive heat, unrelenting drought. And I think that a lot of pressure is being put on Albatross like make sure that there's no more cheating now that there's been cheating revealed also press conferences with albatross with very long meaningful pauses <laughs> fantastic these two actions display the two fronts for storytelling reflecting the interior character and engaging the exterior plot on your turn you can make one action reflect draw a card from the deck into your hand Read the card aloud to the table and use it to describe how the scene makes you feel or change whenever the player reflects the GM gets to make a move. Or engage. To make something a canon part of the story, play a card on the board and describe how you act, what you say, or what details you add to the scene. To act on another player, put the card in their hand. So now we are going to decide which event has been cued, given that. I feel like a a conversation. Or a trial. Or a trial. An ultimatum, maybe? If it's something about this, like, increased scrutiny on cheating, I don't know. Or a revelation, even. I'm into an ultimatum being, like, maybe it gets heated and some things are said that have to be followed through on. So yeah, I'm going to grab that. Because it's also, like, a conversation in some respect. So I'm going to take these two things and flip them. So I'll, I'll just read this bit. To cue an event means to use character action or player prompting to indicate that you want to play it next. 
When someone cues an event, starts a conversation, takes on a challenge, looks for something, causes a disaster, etc. That player decides on an event, then flips those two cards, crossing one over the other. The crossing card provides context or complications for the upright. Use these two cards to frame the scene. An event can be the focus of the story, additional details that round out facts already established, or simply the backdrop to a scene. And then we'll go around the table engaging and reflecting on the scene, and we'll cue events early and often. The two cards are Ophelia's Garland, a wilting flower crown, a dubious honor, a sickly and desperate faith, and Progenitor, a surrogate, a found family, the blood of the covenant, or a precedent, a familial tie, the water of the womb. The crowd during this press conference, you, you get shouts back from like the reporters and whatnot, talking about how this sets a dangerous precedent. That not only do we now know that this practice of cheating was not only present, but almost standard, it seems as though this might just be a better method of, of playing the game, right? If you could, no clip, why wouldn't you? Um. <laughs> Tideful gathering, no out-of-bounds run. <laughs> I, th- I think the question here is, the sickly and desperate faith is like, why would we put our faith in this game now that we know how rigged it actually is like why should we return to this why should we even tune into these shows now that we know that they're so completely fake i guess the ultimatum is you have to come up with something that will keep your viewers and clientele engaged yeah i can't i mean i can say that we're banning cheating but that was also what I was saying before it was discovered that there was cheating. So it seems like it would be an empty promise. Maybe like raising the stakes in the game. I don't know how to do that, but I'm sure there are stakes that can be raised. People are already dying. We can have some other dangers. Like maybe there's like limited time that people have to do the collecting closer to when the tide comes back in. So it's more high stakes and fast paced. What card are you planning to say to this? Uh, Let's see. I'm looking at all my cards. Mm -hmm. I'll go into the meta a little bit. So when engaging, playing a card from your hand, you're contributing to the larger plot of the story. If what you're saying feels important, play a card to support it. Sometimes it's a one-to-one relationship. For instance, if I find a cave to shelter me from the store, I'll play Hearth to anchor it in story. Sometimes it's less direct. I might play Phoenix Wine to describe the burning liquid swirling in my wine glass as I discuss my plans. And sometimes it's the cause or effect of your narrative point. Maybe I don't have a card that directly supports the juicy story idea I've introduced. I can play a card that describes the rippling effect of my idea on the canon, or a card that explains the root of where the idea comes from. I'm going to play Vultures for that. The reversed side. Hardy survivalists, bone eaters, landing only to scour and scavenge. I said all those words right, probably. Uh, Because before, I think that there was like more time to scatter up the area. And now it's like you get in, you get out, landing only to scour and scavenge. Like you don't have time to survey beforehand. Ooh. I think I'm going to draw a card to see how this makes me feel. Awesome. I got Tin Penny. A sacred tenant ridiculed. Oh no! <laughs> a grim bond forged without kindness or warmth. Ugh. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'll tell you that. 
in response, I think it's, uh, I think people are, p- people take pretty mixed re- reactions to it. I- I'm playing, uh, Fortune, Abundant Harvest, A Missed Opportunity, A Hesitation, which I think here is, like, now the game is less about the, like, quality of your haul as it is the quantity of, like, trying to get in and grab as much stuff as possible before you miss your window. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is, the, the hesitation is, like, I mean, yeah, it is impressive that you, you managed to haul a dumpster from the ocean, but, like, I don't, what am I going to do with this? This is huge and in my living room, and I don't know, like, this is worth nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the sort of reaction to this. And that feels like the end of the scene? Yeah. So, um, at the end of an event, ask each player, what is your takeaway from this scene? Take a card from the event thread, or draw a card from the deck to describe it. This card goes into your hand. So each of you take one of these cards. Is Moon meant to be in this pile? Yes. Okay. I want to take Moon, because that's the only one that I haven't had out of these three. It's also the scene that just happened, so. Yeah. I'm going to take Moon. I think that image of beachcombers that are on these, like, paragliders, almost, coming in and, like, never landing, but, like, hooking things out of the water. I'm going to take Ophelia's Garland, A Sickly and Desperate Faith, because I think Volatile is both very concerned about this change, but also, despite being a cheater, still believes in this religious sense of luck to some extent. And there is a way of looking at this that it will, now even more, the games will favor those who are lucky. Sasha with a sweet little housekeeping break for you. If you like the show, please give us a review on iTunes and tweet about the show using hashtag SpindlePod. This also helps people find the game, which is in open beta and which you can print and play for free at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel dash open beta. This was another streamed episode, so apologies for the audio issues. As for mechanics talk, this was a GM'd game because it was one of the first games we streamed, and I was very nervous about how it would play. And I kind of clung to that degree of control to limit the number of ways I could imagine it going wrong. I think at this point I prefer GM-less play of Spindlewheel, especially since the boundaries between GM and player are already so flimsy. I just feel like the stories tend to be a more even blend of input from all the players, and more vibrant as a result. That's not to discount GM'd play altogether. I think some tables thrive with the responsibilities of big plot stuff taking off the characters so that they can focus on interpersonal drama. It's just my preference, really. Anyway, that's it for this episode's meta. Um, thanks so much to Mike for the intro theme, Golden Threads and Mist. You can find him on Twitter, at me, Let's get back to the show. these get retired and that event cannot be used again and i believe that's the end of that and now we move into the next event which i think i think i want it to be a challenge mm-hmm. oh good your favorite <laughs> so the cards are merchant locus of commerce purveyor of goods or bureaucratic bottleneck factory boss the company store and snake oil
a stopgap, a placebo, a sweet-tasting poison. A simple solution to a complicated problem, easy in theory, difficult in practice. Mm. <laughs> so I think it's like this. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so it's not just, you know, go and, and get the thing. It's also find a buyer for the thing. And because the window of time has been shorted so much, all that the scavengers can reach is the stuff that comes up to the top immediately. And so while this presents more of a difficulty curve and occasionally produces more fantastical results, right? It also leads to just a lot of, like, newspaper and driftwood and whatnot. And when you strike it big, you can sell that stuff for so much. Because it's it's increasingly rare that you get that. Um, but everything else that you're uh, able to bring back has, like, plummeted in value. So... Volatile, as a scavenger, how are, how are you dealing with this, this problem? And Albatross, how are you also dealing with that problem? I'm dealing with this with which? A tight-knit coven. I'm famous. People are lining up to buy things from me. And I've never had a problem uh, spinning a product, either. Fantastic. Every bit of gold comes with a signed headshot. <laughs> <laughs> so... Your usual contacts have gotten kind of squirrely. Vitriol swallowed back by shame, a trap's jaws rusted shut. Your engineer contact, Montressor, has been burning bridges for you. I'm going to play luck. Now there's like a lot more focus on the luck of the draw than on skill. Hmm. Because you just like, you get what you get. And there's more betting on like exact numbers of things that people will get and albatross is like facilitating a shift in how the betting works so that it's still compelling for people so volatile goes to montressor fully intending to get him back in line but it doesn't go as well as they uh, expected it to and Montressor really ends up with at least an equal hand, if not the upper hand. And they, they strike an uneasy agreement that uh, Volatile will cut Montressor in a little more than before. And in return, Montressor will work a little harder not to um, burn every bridge <laughs> I've ever built. And that's Ophelia's Garland. Allow those who crowned you to change who you are. So the the new kinds of betting pools, they, they bring with them, I think that there is someone who continually bets on, like, the number 41, whether that's, like, it'll come in at, you know, 441 in the afternoon. That's when the tide will be uh, furthest out. Or that it will be, like, 41 pieces of platinum that will come in. And they keep winning. They keep getting it. Um, and that's a lucky ticket. Okay. I'm going to deal with that with the magician misdirection and sleight of hand that like, it's not interesting if the same person wins all of the time. So albatross kind of like influences and nudges them towards new and different things to bet on. And on the surface is giving them like this VIP treatment, but in reality it's just to get them <laughs> out of everybody else's hair mm -hmm. to like oh you know you can watch this from this nice suite over here and 
we'll just ignore your bets <laughs> and you can have something to drink and it'll be fun. On the house. I know what I want to do, but I don't have a card for <laughs> What do you want to do? Maybe chasm is the right thing. Let's say a sinkhole, which is that so volatile's been running out of money because ah. volatile's been paying off people to act as buyers. Volatile's been paying Montressor more of a cut. There's been a lot of bills to keep the lights on, and so volatile has started through back channels engaging in the bets. Ooh. You're betting on yourself. Uh, betting on whatever's I, I've got someone who figures out those odds <laughs> that sounds like a wager to me mm-hmm. alright uh, what is your takeaway from this scene I'm mm. going to take merchant I feel like we have not seen the end of that demand for that supply Yeah, I'm going to take snake oil for a stopgap yeah that does not seem like um, a very permanent solution for volatile no that's why it's a sinkhole <laughs> I'm thinking of taking Witch for negotiated power because mm. Albatross really only has power as long as they have control of the casino. Fair. They have to balance their needs with the needs of the people who actually uh, give them money. So, the world's desire is up for grabs, which is the last balloon of the season, a tribute and invitation. As such, I'm not going to be reading this event. Jen, since you're since Volatile's the one making this bet, do you want to describe this event? Sure thing. Let's see. Quiet knife and impulse unsuppressed, an instant both decisive and incisive. A threat unspoken, a deck collected, a trap laid. Oh no. Empress consumed by the big picture and concerned with moral frailty. Okay, so Albatross. Uh -huh. it, do it does not take you long to figure out what's happening. Uh -huh. And competitors engaging in the bets is strictly forbidden mm -hmm. i think you catch them in communication with their sort of uh, middlemen mm -hmm. we're in the heights you know it's over drinks or what what do horse racing people do uh, uh wear <laughs> hats yeah <laughs> oh we have great hats <laughs> Everyone's wearing big hats and drinking cocktails. <laughs> Eating canapes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, maybe it's like a mixer with the big spenders and the star players. Okay. I'm going to use the heavy crown. A sword benched to a crown, a brow cut by the weight, a miracle forged and blood spilled. Because Albatross, not happy about this betting thing. And, like, they a lot of the time seem kind of like a figurehead because they moved in here and have just kind of, like, been sitting at the top of this. But there's, like, steel underneath that. Like, they feel like they know where the future is going, and they're very much propelled by that. And I think that they use that to, like, threaten volatile with being, like, expelled from the heights. I'd like to add a, a detail. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is that the current goal, I feel like it's, a, it's an inside tip that the, the people are talking about at the table, is a, it's something high risk, high reward. It's the venom in a serpent's corpse. It's like, even if this goes well, it's going to take 
weeks of scouring to even be in the same room as it. Mm-hmm. But once we have it, we can all retire. Is is Montressor at this, or is there like someone else at the head of this expedition? So what I want to do is I, I'd like to introduce an NPC with my next one, which is Tin Penny, a grim bond forged without kindness or warmth. And in response to Albatross's threat, I introduce my middleman, who I'm talking to, who is also one of the real major uh, money bags. Mm. One of the people who really keeps the heights running. The whale. Uh, through their donations. The whale, yes. <laughs> Good. Um, I'm going to draw another card to cross that. Oh, hell God damn, yeah. Oh, God. Godless. A curious outsider, a wunderkind, or a paradigm shift, a loss of faith, a scientific impossibility. Uh, so this is absolutely like, this is not someone who is supposed to be in town. This is like an outside investor who lives like upstate. Um, but they're here now, um, and they're very interested in everything that's happening. A curious outsider. They are sticking their, their nose into every single one of Albatross's books. Oh. <sighs> so volatile, your your relationship with this big wig is not not the best. Is that accurate? Or I was saying that more of uh, saying to Albatross that you can't right. you can't kick me out yet because I've got this guy in my corner. Awesome. Okay, cool. I misunderstood. Um, That's much better. <laughs> I have another action to sort of combine with that, but I can wait. Mm, yeah. Oh, you or I should go. I'm thinking of playing Blizzard. I don't really know how I'm going to make that work, but I do like the card. (laughs) (laughs) What does it say? It's a cutting white cold in the wind, snow smothering the world in quiet, or a cold snap, a sudden freeze, a moment in time suspended in frost. I think that maybe against their better judgment, the albatross like freezes bets. Ooh, you can't bet illegally if there's no betting. Yeah, can't bet illegally if there's no betting. That like the bets are already in are kept, but people can't make new bets on whatever information gets leaked. Mm. They can go underground to bet, but they can't do it officially through the heights. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, do you have something you want to do? Uh, I'm looking now because this is. <laughs> I think this results in I'm I'm playing bureaucratic bottleneck factory boss the company store but i think it's absolutely the sort of bottleneck yeah i think that what this results in is the the tickets that are in are in right there you can't mm-hmm. add like new bets can't be made but you can back the tickets that are already in there so instead of going to the heights specifically to be like all right i'm gonna bet 20 bucks on 41 or whatever you can go to our tin penny friend and be like I think that you should up your bet to 10,000. Uh, coincidentally, here's 5,000. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you later when that pays off. Kind of a deal. That's perfect. So Tin Penny says, when Volatile is deeply alarmed by um, Albatross shooting the heights in the foot, <laughs> Tin Penny assures them that We'll take care of everything. And he, you know, cuts Volatile in, handles their bets. Everything runs smoothly. But in return, Volatile's going to have to be at the head of that new plan, that new dig. Oh, boy. And that's snake oil, a sweet tasting poison. 
<laughs> I'm gonna be the star. <laughs> Lucky you. Oh man. So this could go a couple of ways. Um, it sort of depends on which stage of this operation we want to jump to. Mm-hmm. We could do it from the start to the end and go with a trial. We could see whether or not this pays off immediately by a cataclysm or a gift. And we could see if the thing ends up being rigged uh, via sabotage. I like starting it with a trial. Yeah. Uh, so what is your takeaway from this scene? Um, I'm going to take a quiet knife. I was going to take a quiet knife. Ah, let's fight you for it. Um, I think I'll I'll take the fountain since I'm going to get ahead of that. Yeah, that trucks. Well, I can also take uh, a tin penny. That's also good. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll grab my knife then. I think whatever happens will be historic. <laughs> so I'm going to retire these and grab a trial. <laughs> this sucks sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, I didn't look at these cards before we started. So it's the scene. Nets full of fish. It's great. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a problem. And we all went home. (laughs) So the sea. The kiss of the surf against the shore. Sunken treasures. Nets full of fish. Or not a drop to drink. An unfathomable distance. An abyss that light has never touched. And second sun. (sighs) Stricken from history. Unseen in mirrors. Unreflected in lakes. (sighs) Or a moon out of orbit, starred of companionship, seeking completion. Good. Both good and fine. <laughs> this is fine. Everything's okay oh, here in the no. night. Oh, <laughs> no. This is a good casino where nobody has died. <laughs> Not a problem. So, the moon out of orbit, I think, is that the expedition of Volatile and their crew overshoots a bit at the appointed time. You get there at the appointed time, um, and you see the prize which I'm going to draw for, unless someone else has it. Actually, no. Um, let's see. Tin Penny is, is, is your NBC, Jen, so you 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 tell me what what the prize is that you're seeking. You can draw um, for Yeah. I'll leave this up to fate. <laughs> oh, my. Oh. My oh. <laughs> okay. Venomous. I kind of love this uh, opposite, though. A worthy opponent, a moving finish line. Moving finish line seems apt here. I think there isn't a prize, but like, or or it's that there's some complication that explains how either there's going to be another challenge before the prize, or the prize was a uh, misdirect the whole time, hmm. and here comes the actual challenge. <laughs> I mean, cosmically speaking. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I, yeah, I want this to be part of this apocalypse. Mm. Whether it's, like, can we move this immediately into a revelation? Absolutely. <laughs> take a card. Um, I'm going to take the C. There's more to that. It's a revelation. I'm going to take adversary. And I'll take second son. Well, we've, we've spent the revelation stack, but we can use a vision. Or cataclysm. Oh, I see. I see. Cataclysm should work. Mm. <laughs> or vision. Or we can save that for the end and do a vision now. Alright. <laughs> Let's do a vision now. Let's see, vision is both of yours. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, we'll stack these up here. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Shock and awe, sound and fury, a mess slipping to reveal fangs. <laughs> <laughs> 
glory and glamour a dazzling display of garish firework a resurgence of life nature reclaiming abandoned places or interloping opportunities there... greedy and jealous uh invader what if what if there's like like what we're finding is a secret device or magic or some sort of safe like dummy switch to fix this stuff uh, to like stabilize the world i'm extremely Mm. bad Uh, idea uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh which is if there's too much water then destroy the water like maybe it's like i've I've, this whole time sort of had it had in the back of my mind like radiation as like Mm. part of the reason that things are like tarnished yeah this could be like if this is something that you're y'all are interested in like a nuclear bomb yeah some sort of thing to like end the current situation (laughs) and uh reset it Mm. does that mean it's up to me whether to push the button or not i think it's okay this was a vision right oh my god Uh could also be a sabotage depending on how this goes Ooh. oh god okay considering okay because your desires are Glacier, Ian's past frozen in ice, glacial drift slowly carving canyons, and Mother of Monsters, a vengeful force purging poison from its home. Mm. 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 <laughs> I think that you would definitely have found a machine. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the image that I, I have in my head is of like an old submarine um, mm-hmm. that has like wrecked. It just like dash on the rocks. Um, if you go inside, some of these panels like are still lit up. The sort of like red emergency lights are still on, mm-hmm. um, although it's like covered in like barnacles and whatnot. Um, yeah, huh? Albatross there or watching from the heights? Hmm. I think Albatross is there. Oh, think that before now, Albatross has been watching from the heights, but for this, they're like there in person. Interesting. So what do you do? I, you know, I bet that's why our uh, group got off course. <laughs> I guess I want to draw a card because um, I don't know how I feel about this. <sighs> truths that wound. Wandering monks speak truths that wound. Knowledge that corrupt. So that, that goes into your hand. Okay. I can say that Montressor has gotten a crowbar under one of the panels. Um, mm-hmm. and is talking about what here can be salvaged. I think mm-hmm. Montressor is pointedly not drawing attention to the fact that this could vaporize a third of the ocean if, we, mm-hmm. if you press the right buttons, and is talking about the like copper wiring and the like the platinum and the filament in the bulbs that are somehow still burning. He's going to uh, take this place apart piece by piece if left to Montressor's own devices. Somehow this device... Is connected to your your desire, and I think you know that. I think that you can tell that there is a way to manipulate this machine that would do it by parts, as opposed to a cataclysm all at once. I'm gonna play this to represent volatile being unsure what to do here. Mm-hmm. They are afraid of the unknown. Fair. That's a mood. I'm gonna play. Uh... Quiet knife. Ooh. A threat unspoken, a debt collected, a trap laid. This was always the end goal, 
of whatever this weird betting thing is and that volatile uh, because they've been making so much trouble has kind of been pushed into this trap where they have to make this decision mm. and there's like scapegoat this, yeah there's like no literal knives at volatile's back but there's definitely like the implication that there could be physical knives mm. Ooh, gosh <sighs> <laughs> Oh. I think the rest of the crew are elsewhere. Montressor moves to a, a different part of the ship. I think to like the mess hall or something, being like, you know, that stuff never goes bad. Um, and, it's just hard tack. Yeah. <laughs> and like powdered milk. And at the moment, all uh, all cameras are focused on Valdo. Hmm. 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 Gosh. <laughs> I don't know if there's any play for this that isn't my Ashraposa. <laughs> you can do that. We can we can enter Endgame if you want. We've got we've only got one event left, so yeah. I want to do a um. I'm gonna do an action that may just cause my Ashraposa, but okay. Which is, I think, like as the full weight of what is happening comes into Fall Child's understanding, <laughs> um, they make a last-ditch attempt to uh, weasel their way out of it mm-hmm. with our friend Industrial Runoff. They they still have those machines. Oh my god. They're gonna flood the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's absolutely a cataclysm. What is your takeaway? Let's quickly before the next one. I'm gonna take the quiet knife. I'm gonna take the final rose. I think this is like a a juncture that will determine a lot like whether or not mm. the machine is actually activated this was broadcast and everyone knows that this is here now so i'm gonna take that uh, so what, what card do you take al let's see i kind of want to take vultures back yeah go for i started with vultures i'm getting vultures back <laughs> all right your desire stay here until you earn them please get retired after that good cataclysm good good stuff <laughs> So we have Bandit, Highwayman, Robber Baron, Wealth Taken by Fear and Force, or Gold-Hearted Thief, Lover of Justice, Defiler of Law, and The Fallen, a sheep fleeced, a trunk bamboozled, a chronically unlucky sucker, or a would-be martyr with delusions of sainthood, a powder keg in want of a spark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That seems right. (laughs) Ooh, there is another crew on board. It is not just you. (laughs) Um... I'm going to draw for them, see what kind of people they are. I'm going to have Lieutenant Crossing. So, Dibble lenses, a misdiagnosis, a lack of direction, a paralysis of choice, crossed by Lieutenant. Right hand of power, loyal failure, the weak link in the chain, or impartial emissary, soldier for hire. I think that this is your eternal second place, Volatile. This, this is the group that always finds themselves one step behind you. Um <laughs> I think that your machine runs directly into theirs because they also hired Montressor to build them machines and you collide in mid-earth and your machines are like drilling into each other. So that's a terribly tangled mess. And I think that there is someone... So you run into one of the machines, but I think that there is someone else who gets on board, who like takes out a couple members of your crew by fear and force, right? 
So I think that, Albatross, you find yourself cornered by a couple of people with guns. Um, uh. Who say, you know, keep your hands up, stay away from the panels. What do you do? Okay, let me look at, let me see what I have here. <laughs> I'm going to play the moon. And this complete and rapid transformation is from somebody who is very much in control of the situation to somebody who isn't. Mm. That albatross, like the moment that there are guns, is like, okay, okay, like whatever you want. (laughs) Volatile, who's used to riding these uh, waves of crumbling earth, sets about trying to wreck this machine as much as possible. (laughs) To replace instead of repair the unbroken mold. Fantastic. For probably both of you, actually. Um, for Volatile, the jagged stone's mistaken for safe harbor is that you are you are absolutely tearing up the other ship, but also the terrain here, uh, you're starting to, to understand why the submarine sank to begin with. I mean, submarines are supposed to sink, but ignoring that. Um <laughs> You've got these like jagged stones that are like full of metal ore that are just like slicing through your hull. Oh, um, for albatross, um, mm-hmm. I think that one of the people goes over to the control panels and uh, starts booting up the machine. I'm gonna draw up for that NPC because I'm curious. Oh fuck yeah! Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> uh... Their name literally just be Princess Shadowthorns. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. <laughs> this is as as I've said before, as part of the the crew of the second hand group. This was a scavenger that you dismissed like day in day out. Who feels wronged by you because their listings always came in. Her listings always came in really really low, and she felt like. Uh, you were always putting Volatile's billing above hers, regardless of how bad Volatile's haul was in comparison to hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for Shadowthorns, the bit that I'm pulling from is uh, Curling Hooks That Trap and Tear. I think that what she's doing to the panel is locking in the sequence that she's punching in. Um, mm-hmm. destroying the console so that uh, she's the last person who can do anything with it. Originally, Volatile was in this game for the same reasons as everyone else. You know, we're trying to get the final rose and um, get off or fix everything or whatever this strange machine is. But somewhere along the way, they got more interested in being good at the game and their comfortable life. And they're not going to stop now. And I think they, maybe it's one of the jagged pieces of rock. They barrel into Princess Shadowthorns and yeah, they, they'd like to skewer uh, Princess Shadowthorns with one of these spikes. Okay. <laughs> Adversary, proud, venomous, obsession unswayed by reason or patience. <laughs> uh-huh. They're going down with the ship. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. The final rose, a coffin flower, a veiled threat. I mean, you kill her. Like, she's dead, but it's it's the thing where, like, she hits the final button and then smiles and, like, with, coughs up blood and then dies. <laughs> and the machine kicks into gear. I want to give y'all a chance to react to that or 
try to get ahead of it or whatever it is you or encourage it whatever it is you you want to do before um we find out what exactly it does an instant both decisive and in oh incisive i thought that was uh indecisive <laughs> never mind <laughs> i'm this up <laughs> you had at least half of that working yeah <laughs> remember mm. use the spirit if not blood of the cards <laughs> i just think there's something else okay here we go yeah this is just panic and scrabbling at this console trying to figure out a way to disarm it yelling at albatross to help well the thing about albatross is a bottomless bag of tricks hey <laughs> albatross is getting out of there albatross knows that there's like a escape boat pod thing <laughs> and now that everybody's been distracted by the things with the panel and princess shadowthorn's dying and there are no longer guns pointed at them they're making a break for it <laughs> well 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 <laughs> volatile sees albatross slip out and if there's nothing they can do about this they're at least going to make sure the captain goes down with the ship. So this is Magic Beans gutting the Golden Goose. <laughs> Let's see, how do they do this? I think, I think they catch up with Albatross and they, they do something to... Like, I, I, I think it's sort of a matter of beating them to the escape pod launch button mm -hmm. and, oh. and letting it go without either of them. Oh... Ah, uh, that's your atropos, yeah, yeah. Oh God! They just give Albatross a long, hard look and dive out of the submarine. Oh, I also kind of want to play my atropos. You should. It's we're at the end game. We're at the end game. <laughs> okay, Phoenix Wine, Alchemist Fire, and a Crystal Decanter are wrath portioned and contained. The Albatross has kind of known that this was going to happen and knew that they were like trying to thwart fate and when they see volatile just like make a run for it after uh, jettisoning the empty escape pods they're angry but they're more like angry at themselves for not thinking ahead enough and yeah, I think they're going to stay with the ship now that there's not really, now that they've like kind of been cornered here. Hmm. Okay. Now that our Atropos cards have been played, we are going to choose an epilogue card. So, back to the rules. Each player picks an epilogue card from the top of the event stacks or draws from the deck. Our characters and world have changed over the course of the adventure. The epilogue card describes how. It's three over here? Four? Yeah, these four. Okay. And we draw it off the top. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was confused as to why we had five out of six, and then I remembered that we had a, an act that was, or an event that was three cards long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to take Chasm, mm. a dry well, a winding corridor, a gasp for breath, and that when the submarine goes, it sinks back into the ocean, and Albatross lives out there last few hours in the winding corridors of this weird machine. Yeah. I think I'm going to take snake oil. 
something about easy in theory. I think that the people watching the broadcast, uh, because you've been filming this whole time, I, there's a lot of debate over what should have happened at the submarine. There's a lot of like people sketching out, uh, like writing books about why the events happened the way that they did and how they could have gone to save us all. Well, actually, I'm not fully sure what what the machine did. I'm gonna draw to find out. What it? Ooh, actually, it was fine. <laughs> um, it's fine. I pulled volcano, a dormant goddess, a cooling island, lush with sprouts, a season of peace. So I think actually what these books say are like as the machine works the, the tides start to come down and islands are revealed in this way. I think there's still a lot to be done and I think that it is much less effective than uh, folks were hoping for. They were hoping like, oh, it's back to normal. The maps are the same that they were 50 years ago. And abundance of water was not the only problem. Um, mm-hmm. But it's progress, it's change. Um, and it's a brief respite, a season piece. I think maybe it's because things didn't go off how they were supposed to. Maybe the machine was flawed from the start, but the problems do start to come back after years. There, It's different. Things are different now, but some bets start up again about, you know, what the weather's going to do and what about anything, really, but especially on this, the new and unknown effects of this machine. The machine starts to, or the, the, the society machine starts to run up again. Yes. That's venom in a serpent's corpse. That's been a little. Oh. Oh my god. This game. <laughs> this has been a non-binary tabletop RPG month stream. You can find out when other streams like this are happening at non-binary TTRPGM on Twitter. I'm Sasha Renault. I've been your host and game designer this morning. And you can find me at Sasha underscore Renault on Twitter and follow Spindle Wheels development at TCabbage. I've been joined by Jen. I'm Jen. You can find me on Twitter at Street Over Jen and my artwork at my website, streetovergen.com. And Elle. Hi, I'm Elle. You can find me at Occasional L on Twitter and I'm running this whole non-binary TTRPG month thing. So check us out on Twitter. Yeah, a fantastic little interview uh, with, with you and Curve just dropped. Yes, that's also been retweeted. So check that out. Thank you so much for dropping by and have a wonderful weekend.